Welcome to Proudly Resents. Proudly Resents. That's in Victor Varnado, our guest. He's an actor, writer, comedian, uh, best albino. He's a black albino. He there plays you go. a lot. Of, oh, sorry, I won't put that in your crutch. <laughs> what? Welcome. It's, you don't care. It's on the resume. I it's don't on the really. Resume. It's, uh, it's career. I don't really care. But I do care when people think that all of a sudden they can make uh, albino jokes toward me. Oh, that, that's what I don't like. Throw these out. Uh, Victor Renato is a great actor. He's joining us. Adam Felber is also here. Hello. Adam Felber is a writer for Real Time with Bill Maher. Holy shit! Yeah, and we can say that on, on that show. On uh, that show, you can, and this show too. And he's also a panelist for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, um, where we say holy shoot. Yes, you are not <laughs> And I am Adam Spiegelman, and I'm so glad you guys are here. So we're going to talk about Pluto Nash. Now, Victor, you know a little bit about Eddie Murphy's The Adventures of Pluto Nash, because... Because I was in that movie. Okay. That's right, dude. Mm-hmm. One of the number one box office losers of all time. Notch on my belt. This movie, um, Rotten Tomatoes did top five worst Eddie Murphy movies. They put this as number one. <laughs> 79 out of uh, 100 worst movies ever made. Really? It's only 79? Yeah, that's not so bad. Maybe I should have left that part out. It's a tremendously great achievement in bad movies. Is it like 78 student films and then (laughs) then Pluto Nash? No, but number one is the greatest and number 100 is the worst. Right. Oh, so it's close. I'm making that up. Otherwise, it doesn't sound so bad. The Adventures of Pluto Nash came out, well, sat on the shelf for a couple years. It was going to be this big Eddie Murphy action film and... Victor, you're oh. in this film as uh, one of the henchmen. Yes, that's right. One of the bad guys. Yes. And we're all very excited for you. We've been friends for a long time, so this is your big break. You've been in other films. Let's talk about other films that you've been in. I have uh, been in other films. End of Days. <laughs> yes. This is a great film. Victor, Shatteringly great performance. Victor's a guy who <laughs> shatters in the subway. If you get uh, that's Victor. Well, I think, I, think I, I mean, we can say whatever we want on this um on this podcast, sure, right? of course. So, Victor, can you do your lines that people will remember from End of Days? Uh, yeah. He's coming. He's coming for you, Christine. He's gonna fuck you. He's gonna fuck you, Christine. Can you see him? Can you see him? Oh, thank you. And then you shatter. And then oh, yeah, just shattered. That's, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank yeah, you very much. Very well done. Shatter. You didn't have to shatter, but I appreciate it. At the premiere, I actually laughed out loud during the premiere of that movie because I'd never seen the the effect put together. I'd never seen it, so I see myself shatter into a million pieces. And so I started laughing at the premiere of the movie while, while everyone else was scared because it was a scary moment. It is a scary moment. It's, yeah. a, it's a good shatter. <laughs> it's, it's pretty shadow. sweet. And you're out here shooting a TV show. Yes, with the great Kathy Bates. And I mean, great in both ways. Hey, everybody. Hey. Boom, done it, done it. No, she's a great actor. Nobody and else it, can have that now. <laughs> that is all you. Let me we'll hit you up later. You're working on an African dialect. Uh, that's or, true. I've uh, been working with a dialect coach for, I did worked with him for uh, about a day and a half. Then I, yeah, I had to earn, learn the dialect for Swahili, oh, so, to so, speak Swahili in accent in Swahili. Can, can I ask you to do something then? In, an, uh, in a Swahili accent, you would you line. do your line from End of Days? <laughs> uh, he's coming for you. He's coming for you, Christine. Can you see him? Can you see him, Christine? Can you see him? It's a very hard to do. I can't, I can't <laughs> okay. get as evil. Not, I'm sorry. Not so bad. The show's called Harry's Law, and it probably will air by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, it, uh, Kathy Bates is a lawyer who shares space with a shoe store owner. Oh. It's law, law, law in a shoe store. Now let's and, talk. And together they fight crime. <laughs> yes, they do. Actually, <laughs> they do fight crime together. Excellent. Let's talk about Pluto mm. Nash. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. A lot of money was spent on this film. I have to be honest. As far as like technologically innovative, the film had a lot going for it. It had a quarter, a quarter of a mile 
an area set, a city, like a futuristic city that we were running around on shooting, and we went there every day and shot inside this futuristic city set, which is pretty amazing. Uh, it had custom-built 9mm guns that recoiled and shot blanks, but also they added uh, laser fire in the guns, so that was a pretty awesome thing. We flew spaceships. We, we, I shot rocket launchers. Uh, I was, I was in spacesuits. Uh, Rick Baker did the visual effects, which is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it had a lot. It had a lot going for it on the technical side. Yeah, technically, they're, they're, and it does look. <laughs> it looks well, amazing. Except for, it looks amazing, except for some what I would consider poor design decisions. It yes. really looks. Well, like, what were some of the design things that took you out of it? Well, just a lot of things don't look futuristic. Yeah. I mean, I think they decided that the look of the moon in the future is kind of mid-century modern. You know? cheesy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does look like an 80s movie's vision of the future. Like, when they made, when they made like, Logan's Run, it kind of looks like about that level, but shot maybe shot with uh, but with a bigger budget but that, that's about Logan's run level yeah, is what it I, looks I like I felt yeah. like technology is a little you're bit right it's from the 80s because yeah. like at one point Victor you're on a uh, a pay phone right and you yeah. in the mm. future you know by 2000 I want to talk about that scene too uh, yeah, but be, we'll get back to it but people have cell phones by the time you're making this movie oh yeah not every cell person's phones. carrying around like we do now but there was those big clunky cell phones. Right? There are no cell phones in this futuristic <laughs> no. movie, and there's no internet either. <laughs> there's no internet. <laughs> not, not really. But you know, we had that technology when that movie was. One made. of my favorite technology scenes is Peter Boyle hacking <laughs> the the uh, police computer. It's so funny because he just basically says, "You want me to hack the police computer?" And they sit in front of the police computer and they they tell say one name to the computer, and it's it says it says deleted, and that's it. That's the entire scene. Yeah, it's like just, he hacked it by he said to the computer. Give me this name, and Peter went, okay. I give up. I give <laughs> it's up. really you're, crazy. Whatever they, you're in. It's their views of technology are ridiculous. Another thing that went back and forth with technology was the product placement was still there. Oh, like, yeah. This movie takes place in the future. Eddie Murphy is drinking Miller High Life, which is good to know they have that in the future. <laughs> and a lot of stores and stuff that kind of came through the test of time. Smart Water is big. Oh, yeah. yeah smart Water is big. Smart that's Water's why this big. movie made so much money. Oh. <laughs> so much, <laughs> so much product mm, placement so much, money. Yeah, there was product placement the money. The budget was huge on this film, right? It was another thing about the movie. Yeah, it was like a hundred and twenty some odd million, right? Yeah, something like that. But it's a lot, a lot of number. I have an inside track what? on. I'm sure we'll get to this. Is that the movie? Sh- the, the shoot went on extraordinarily long, it long was enough crazy. for me and Victor to get to hang out in Montreal. It was like five or six months. It really was, and I was up there for the entire time. I lived in Montreal the entire time. It was, it was, it was so much fun like I had the most fun shooting this movie of almost actually of any movie I've shot so far I had the most fun shooting this movie because it was just a playground for me I was in Montreal they sat me they, they set me up in like James Bond's uh, apartment <laughs> and they it was oh, that really there cool. women it was crazy it was ridiculous. Oh. I, I, like months after Victor started shooting, and we, he thought he might ha- he might come back to do this thing, but he was still up there. Yeah. I was up there doing the uh, Just for Last Festival, doing an, an, an improv thing in that. And so, like Victor and I were out every night after Victor's awesome day of shooting. Whether or not I had a good, <laughs> <laughs> whether or not I had a you know a good day at the fest, you know there was always like an improv show. That what, what was that improv bar that we went to all the time? Ah, uh, was oh. it called? It was named after a guy, right? 
Yeah. The man. Uh, Jimbo's. Jimbo's. It was Jimbo's. Jimbo's. Yes. Jimbo. There it we go. The improv bar. I went there once and I said, can I get a Miller High Life? And he said, yes, and I will give you a glass. Oh, oh wow. You. Wow. That's an improv joke. Uh, there uh, you go, guys. The four nerds in there are listening to outside the UCB waiting for tickets. <laughs> um, Victor, why were you there so long? Because you're part, you were the henchman. Who played the, the lead? The lead bad guy, Joe Pantoliano. So Joe Pantoliano. Joey Pants. Joey, Joey Pants, Pants was the head guy who came in and broke kneecaps, and you were like his right hand man. You were the sidekick. Well, I, I broke kneecaps. He was just the talker. He was the talker. He was the one who would say, "Break his kneecaps." Yeah, and, and, and I'd would run in with a gun and shoot people. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> watching this movie, Joey Pants disappears, and every time the bad guys are there, the muscles there is you're leading the other guys. Yeah, it's just yes. me. Victor's in charge of a bunch of muscle and Joe Pants is who not die there. all around me constantly. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a recurring joke in the movie that all my guys die and I show up with a bunch of new guys. That was supposed to be a recurring joke originally in the script. However, the producer's son was playing one of the henchmen, and so he miraculous, miraculously survives the first encounter and then continues to survive the <laughs> encounters as the movie he goes gets on. Shot though, right? Um, he lately gets shot in the beginning of the movie. On him. No, no, that wasn't the, that wasn't there was a different guy, but but yeah, the producer's son though he's around. He re- remember how uh, there's a scene where we're running into like a motel, we're gonna kill everybody. He's the guy when when I send everybody else in, I'm going, you stay here because they <laughs> made me have him stay there so he could survive. I, I want to point out. Sorry, are, are we to the point where we can talk about this hotel scene? Let's talk about the hotel because like, we brought up two elements of it now. So I want to point out this this bizarre <laughs> moment. So Eddie Murphy and this girl that he's taking care of, the daughter of his friend, who becomes the love interest, and his and, and bizarrely Eddie Murphy's mom are all up in this hotel <laughs> where they're, <laughs> where they're mom, laying low. His mom is played by Pam Greer. Yes, Rosaria Dawson plays his uh, right. So Rosaria Dawson, Pam Greer, Eddie Murphy walk into a hotel room. The setup to the joke. So Victor comes in with his hench people, and they, you know, interrogate the guy behind the counter who gives up Eddie Murphy's room number right away. Again, immediately. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Right. And actual, we actually shoot him, but they cut that out of the movie. Oh, really? They sh- they cut some of the because it was too. That apparently that was too graphic. People felt for the guy too much because it was an old man, and they shoot him. But I, I kind of wondered why they wouldn't shoot him. Okay, so so in any case, there's like. Four, five people that walk into this hotel that right. Victor's in charge of, and there's one job at this motel, which is to kill Pluto Nash, right? Exactly, kill That's Pluto Nash. The whole job. They go upstairs, they fight, there's gunplay, there's wall, literally walls breaking down, and then it cuts to downstairs where Victor is on a phone and says into the phone, call you back. <laughs> and hangs up and gets involved in the fight. So, so yeah. my question is, if, you're, if your one job is to kill him, why did you make a phone call while your henchman went up there? I... Supposedly, I'm talking to my boss saying we've got him cornered. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> supposed, oh, okay. That's what supposedly his, was happening on the phone. And Call then, you so, back. But the way they cut the movie, it looked like I could be talking to anybody. I could just be talking to my girlfriend. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're like, so are well. we gonna have ham tonight? Because I really would prefer chicken. Can we have? So, uh, call you back. <laughs> Something's happening at work. Yep. The, bo- the boss's son almost died, and now it's back again. <laughs> I, I was wondering about that. They literally knocked down a wall upstairs. Yeah, there's crashes. Yeah. Things are falling. People are falling over. And, and, and in front Victor's of on the phone. <laughs> sadly, sadly, it's it's. Uh, there's so many failings in that movie. Because I know you so well, I assume that you were just hitting on some girl. Like you pulled out a phone <laughs> number and you're just checking her. You know, we never did. We're f- 45 minutes into this. Let's we'll talk about what the movie is about. I don't know if you guys want to give a quick 
Yeah, Summer. it's very simple. Uh, it's basically the mafia wants to buy up a lot of businesses and they're trying to take over the businesses, but all on the moon. It happens on the moon. That's what, yeah, it's different. And Eddie Murphy, this is just so weird. Eddie Murphy owns one of the businesses. He's the coolest guy around. Right. He won't sell out to these guys, which he should. And then he, now they all want to kill him, which doesn't make sense because then <laughs> it's willed to someone else. It's not like, oh, he's dead. Let's start, let's start at the beginning because this is what's crazy. Also in the future, besides Miller High Life, there's stereotypical Italian Americans. Yes, of course uh, there the are mafia guys. Uh, Burt Young from the Rocky movies. He right. plays the muscle. Yeah, he plays a big we, mafia. We should guy. mention that it's a movie set in the future, but the first scene takes place seven years before the rest of the movie. <laughs> 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 so it's the far future, and in then it's seven years later. Yeah, and in the first scene, Victor. Uh, oh no, there's no Victor. That in the first scene was scene added at the last minute as as well. Oh, that, that wasn't even supposed to originally be in the movie. The mafia movie? The mafia well, scene? If you notice, okay, so in the vi- in that scene where Pluto Nash is talking to uh, Jay Moore and then Burt Young comes in, it ruins, that the fact that, that scene there ruins Rosario Dawson's entry because she's entering the club and she's like, hey, do you know where Pluto Nash is? And then Eddie Murphy's like, oh, why do you want to meet that low life? And he's, he's pretending like, because we as the audience wouldn't know who Pluto Nash was. Except that for that moment. scene that they added in the last minute yeah, where they... Exactly. Oh. It blows it. I, oh, that's why that moment is so flat. It's weird. It's very strange, yes. Yeah, because he, he does this sort of like, know him, I am Pluto Nash, and that last time I checked. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, but like, we know that. We've heard, oh. you, we've heard your name exactly. said a thousand Because that scene that. wasn't there originally. <laughs> he yeah, heard, he he heard something else, too, because like one of the big things is that is that Eddie Murphy won't give up that club. Right. Pluto Nash will not give up that club because it means so much to him. But... In that first scene, we learn that he doesn't really want a club, and he's just taking it to uh, save, save his, his friend's, friend's life. life. So the mafia, Jay Moore borrows two mil- $2.5 million from the mafia three years ago, and now they're just coming to get him in their pinstripe suits right. um, to kill him for mm-hmm. the money. And now let's talk about borrowing money from <laughs> loan sharks in the future. If you borrowed $2.5 million two years ago, the VIG, it's got to be like 5 $6 million dollars. They go. How much, Eddie Murphy says, "How much do you owe, does he owe you? Two and a half million. Like these are the worst gangsters. <laughs> their profit level is zero. They really should have thought, thought <laughs> through their lending policy. Even so, even so, look at it, look at this. He's got the most popular club on the moon. They walk in and Seven they're trying to give him. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to give him ten million dollars for it. Yeah. Nowadays, that wouldn't buy a club. Ten million dollars wouldn't buy like the best club in L.A. Mm-hmm. No, that wouldn't happen. Probably wouldn't have. Uh, been, no, I mean it's not like this film was made in the fifties either. No. again, it was more recent than they would know what, what the deal is. <laughs> so Eddie Murphy owns this fancy. Now we're seven years in the future. Right. It's the hottest club ever. That's great. And to show that he's such a great guy, there's two guys at the bar, and they're they're two white guys being idiots. And Eddie Murphy says, "Hey guys, chill out. Don't such be such white guy assholes." And they're like, "He's going to cut them off." What are you a bachelor bar? And he goes, "No, this guy he just got divorced." So Eddie Murphy says, oh, congratulations, drinks are on the house. Terrible idea if you want a bar. You guys are obviously drunk, they're obviously causing problems, you're about to cut them off, now you're giving them free reign to drink as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Murphy is a horrible bar owner. Yeah, and, and then he goes over and gives the DJ expert advice, which is to pump it up. And then they do this weird dance, future dance, when they make the... Music is even louder, it's just faster. And people are dancing with their arms going back and forth. Future like dance. Like an 80s video game. I saw the future dance happen. 
it was of course it wasn't there was no music playing when the future dance was originally happening so it was just a room full of people like doing the one two three freeze one two three freeze it was very strange is there an ad yelling one two three freeze yeah they were like having them do the one two three freeze and the thing is uh i saw it and i was like i was like well this looks horrible but maybe it looked better when they edited together with music (laughs) It Not really, so. really, really didn't. <laughs> this is a huge movie for you, Victor. How many times did you justify terrible things ever happening? In the movie? Yeah, while you were filming the movie, you are like, this, is, this never. looks terrible. It's going to be great. Not once. You, so you I were, never justified anything once because I had... Uh, Joy Pants was so awesome on that movie. He sat there and he was just like... Like, the very first scene that I ever shot, I came in, my lines were 100% memorized, I was ready to go, uh, no one else had their lines memorized. Uh, <laughs> Joey Pants had the script, pieces of the script, and he was taping them to the desk, because, and I realized what this movie was to these guys. It was just their check. They didn't care, and I was just like, oh, they're just here to have fun and uh, get a paycheck, and that's... That's all it was. So I didn't have to justify anything. I was like, "Oh, this is this is what this movie is." Now I know. This phoning. It's not it. a movie where anybody nobody's there's no crying scenes. Nobody right. nobody has a retarded child who's going to die if they don't get money for treatment. It's a it's, it's a, a ridiculous film. Yeah. So and Joey Pants is so he disappears <laughs> and you become the, entr- the you kind of take his part over. It's almost like you even take his lines. Well, no, I don't take. I mean, yeah, he disappeared, but the, basically, he only shoots so many days because he's expensive, <laughs> and I was less expensive, so, the so I was in the movie it. more. And so they got rid of him, and then he goes back at the end. Yes, with exactly. Really bad way. Exactly when we get shot for no reason. Oh, and then um, Eddie Murphy. That was a funny scene when he, he's trying. They're about to blow up the bar, mm-hmm. but you know it's coming because Eddie Murphy's line is, "Yeah, well, you won't get your money first, but he doesn't say it like that. He goes first. Oh, really? He, he knows the explosion's coming? Yeah, so you figure at some point in the word first, there's going to be an explosion. He finishes, he tries to extend that word about as long as he can. He stops, there's a pause, and then an explosion. Oh. And, and his dodge from the explosion is such a wooden body move. You see how they dodge. <laughs> One of my notes, two other things that survived in the future. Court TV, because I watched Court TV. Which is, <laughs> which is now True TV. Which is now True TV. And then AOL. The phone call goes through AOL in the future. Well, in the movie Demolition Man, all, all restaurants were Taco Bell. <laughs> well, that, that's still going to happen. That's going to happen. <laughs> that part is true. Court TV. Oh, so one other thing I want to talk about. Let's talk about the movie. They want to buy this guy's club. They blow it up. Right. Now there's no more club. Now there's no more movie. Well, they don't want the property. Do I mean, they want the property. They want the right? property. They, they don't have want the to club. get the property signed over. Listen. Am I dumber than this movie? That's yes. how I sound right now. Oh. You're dumber than Pluto Nash. Because if you blow up the club, they still have to get the property. Because he can just collect no, insurance. Is, that, and, but, and rebuild his club. Alright, listen. You guys continue to sound like on your own. <laughs> can, we, can we talk for a second about... Talk about the cast of this movie is ridiculously... It's, awesome. it's great. It's a great cast. It's a great cast. cast. I mean, me... Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Rosario Dawson, uh, Pam Greer, Peter Boyle, uh, John Cleese, Louis Guzman, Jay Moore, Joey Pants. Did we Joey mention Joey Pants? Pants. Oh, great. and looks amazing. And another Ileana Douglas. Hey, Ileana Douglas. Douglas has yeah. seen the music is actually really good. I think in this movie, I think it's there's not- an Outcast song in there in the in the first uh, yeah. Club there's scene. a future Outcast song. Uh, F- futuristic, so fresh, so clean. They did oh, yeah. That's the question so clean. Well, I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, this is actually, the music's really good. And then one part, it was like a black exploitation movie music, but futuristic. 
just because they had nothing else to do. I don't think it's very weird, like how they do they do a lot of black exploitation and like R and B music in like weird moments, like when. When they uh, arrive at the safe house on the moon, there's a part where they're just like doing just like for some reason just R and B music for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange movie. Like I do stuff as uh, directing wise, the movie is crazy. There's a moment like here's okay. I'm gonna just from my point of view as a director. Okay, when the when so, the movie says something should be shown, so like if I say that's a funny green shirt, then the next shot should be of somebody's green shirt. Okay. So they have a moment in this movie where she's getting out of this car and she's on the moon and the surface of the moon. She's like, how cold is it? And she looks up at the stars and they never show what she sees. And she's like, oh. And they never show it. Wow. You never see what she sees. That's very strange. It's horrible maybe choice. Maybe nobody cared even, <laughs> as, even at the end. Even when they were editing so. it up, they were just sort of like, we don't have that. Maybe they didn't have the money either. I mean, you know, you're saying they're just like, well, we can't make this graphic of stars, which is really just putting holes in black paper. And the set that it. they were on was a huge set, a huge. It was it was at least a, a, like a hundred feet high with rocks and stuff. They could have shown that. They could have just pulled back and shown the set that was that they were on, the physical thing that they were on. They could have shown that. Didn't think of it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, this guy Ron Underwood. <laughs> I wrote down. You were not on that then. But you do chase him on the moon. No, I, I was chasing him on the moon, but I don't know what happened. Because I, I, I know that you could pull the camera back and show. The the uh, cinematographer is an award-winning cinematographer. They had great people working on this movie. But they had no script. Or they were just making it up as they went along at some point. I, they, it was it was pretty ridiculous. I think I think uh, some things were made up as it went along. That's you too think? bad. I know, for, I know for a fact. I know for a fact that some things are made up. There's actually a scene on the DVD which I helped write because they didn't know what lines should go in the scene, and then I, I was like trying to help rewrite, and so I brought in a page of possible dialogue, and they used a couple of the lines. But well, then it's not, not on the DVD. It didn't, uh, didn't make it to the film. Wasn't it was good enough between for the film me itself. and Joey Pants. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Here's some background. Jennifer Lopez was supposed to be in this movie. Correct. And uh, it took so long to to start it up that she had to move on to to other bad movies. Um, <laughs> no, I think at the time she was making good films, and then at that time, so she was on that run of good films. And then Rosario Dawson replaced her, and that's why there was a whole big thing about her being a singer. Because oh. Rosario Dawson, as an actress, you never know her to be a singer, but obviously Jennifer Lopez, you want to try to get her to sing at some point. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, uh, the movie closes with Rosario Dawson singing. And it's, the song is like, everything is going to be okay, everything is great. It's like really, really... <laughs> it was like someone said, we need a really positive song, and the songwriter is like, enough already. I don't want to go through another rewrite. Here's your fucking positive song. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. It's <laughs> you, we're done. We haven't talked about Eddie Murphy's sidekick yet. The funny robot Randy bodyguard. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid is the funny robot bodyguard. We, we didn't even list him as part no, of the cast. No, He's another really awesome person. Tremendous cast. <laughs> Randy Quaid is, plays his robot sidekick, and he, sometimes he moves like a robot, sometimes he doesn't. But they put in robot sound effects sometimes. Right, and, and the gag is that he's supposed to be a really, really old model robot. That is true. That, uh, but Eddie Murphy is sentimentally attached to him. He won't let him go. And yeah, there is a creepy scene where they're in the Vegas style casino. There's a slot machine following around Randy Quaid robot, and she's <laughs> trying to get up to his room. The you know what? And then they cut to security pulling him away because he beat the hell out of this robot. I guess that we <laughs> she comes out and she's all beat up and she's like, "Screw you." And, <laughs> And he gets arrested, 
And it was just like <laughs> some weird violent moment he had. When he's in robot <laughs> jail, yes. When he's in robot jail with some of the little horror robots, one of the little horror robots is the uh, director's daughter. Oh, that's why she doesn't get shot in that scene, so she can come back later. Mm. She comes back later on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this movie with Victor in New York. Yeah. On its premiere day, I believe. How was that, Victor, seeing this movie? Uh, Finally. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a bad movie, but... And also, I was sad because it didn't actually have a premiere premiere for the movie, because... They thought the movie was going to be so bad they didn't even have a premiere, oh, uh, nice. which is also too bad. But I don't know; it was fine. I mean, I, I knew it was bad. <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> going to be bad. <laughs> we all had a surprise. Great time seeing it. it was fun watching the movie. Definitely fun watching the movie. It was definitely fun. I Can I say something about the director, Ron Underwood? He's awesome guy. The movie sucked, but he's he's a really good director. Like he he he's a guy who created Tremors. Like the wrote and directed the Tremors. Tremors great is movie. great. Yeah, great movie. And then also like recently he's he was the director. Like did most of the episodes of Monk, which is also a great show. I mean he does great stuff when he's not under the heel of producers who fuck him up. That's I feel like bad. this movie put him in movie jail because it did. It really did. He's done a lot of good TV shows. I was looking at his mm-hmm. listing: Heroes and uh, No Ordinary Family, Reaper, Ugly Betty. So he works constantly, but yeah, but he's done a lot of great TV stuff. But it did put him in movie jail. He's not done any, and he's and he did like a lot of, he did fun stuff beforehand, and and it's over now. It's too bad because that movie really was like the nail in his movie coffin, and not his fault. Not no, and not his fault. Definitely not his fault. It's amazingly different from other bad Eddie Murphy movies. I mean, there are some awesomely bad Eddie Murphy movies, and we've we've seen many of them. Oh yeah, um, so one where where he plays uh, Norbit. Wow. Yeah. That's got to uh, be number one. No offense, Victor. But Norbit's <laughs> got to be worse than your film, Pluto Nine. Yeah, well, that's wrong. I'll tell you why. why? It's not worse. Because at least he's doing characters. Well, that's that's a very important part. <laughs> at least he's doing Norbert. characters. There's nothing in Pluto Nash that really offends one the way that like Norbit can, <laughs> can offend you. But it's also, and we'll, we'll get to the big surprise later, I guess, about who Eddie Murphy turns out to be, who's the unseen boss. All right. But um, no, Eddie Murphy plays no characters in this movie. Nope. Mm-mm. And that is a failing if you have an Eddie Murphy comedy. And he's trying to be old Eddie Murphy. Like you can see that some of the line reads are like. 80s kind of hey, kind of wacky Eddie Murphy stuff, but the lines are terrible. No, there's just no, there's no there's funny there. Yeah, was there funny in the original script? I I didn't think the original script was funny. I mean, I read the original script and I was like, because I, I it was actually when I was just starting out as a writer and I was just like, this doesn't seem all that funny. And I, and that was actually when I wrote my very first screenplay while I was on the set of that movie because I was like, that one that movie got made. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why can't I write a movie? Apparently, Eddie Murphy wanted to do this film because it's supposed to be an action movie, and he wanted to do. No, it wasn't comedy. supposed to be. An, it was supposed to be a comedy. He wanted to do an action movie. He was playing. He was playing smooth Axel Foley in this yeah. movie, oh, right. and that's not what the movie needed. And because the movie was just wacky. Right, they were trying to be wacky, and it just wasn't. And and, and to be honest, I heard that often when things would be rewritten to be funnier and have goofier stuff in it, it would get rejected. And I don't know if that was him specifically or his people or whatever, but I know that people weren't seeing eye to eye about how the movie's supposed to be made. That comes across. <laughs> yeah, really conflicting ideas. It certainly does. So they were making a, a wacky Eddie Murphy movie, and he was making a cool futuristic but, film. But yeah, but that you file that under what was he thinking, because he had to have seen what everybody else was doing on set, you know... Maybe, Maybe but surrounded by I mean, if you put him next to Randy Quaid, <laughs> right? And Randy Quaid is doing this wild character, 
and then he's just playing smooth and suave. It's very yeah. It's, it's they're both in different worlds. Actually, I don't think it's anybody. I, I would say that the producers who were like in charge, like they needed to corral the movie because everybody was doing different. I don't blame Eddie Murphy. I mean, he's just like he's just like doing what people let him do. Right. Like, yeah. Like nobody's gonna stop me. They'll do what I want. He's Eddie Murphy. So I don't know. I mean, because also you see Eddie Murphy in other movies, that are, and he's great yeah. in them. I mean, with big right and choice. small directors. I mean, and it's just like ah, so crazy. Just like and usually when even when he's not good, he manages to be gigantic. Uh huh. You know, in his bad movies, it's just it, those mistakes are giant, wonderfully giant. And Pluto Nash, he makes it's it's just muted. It's a very strange thing. I don't know. Eddie Murphy was also very cool to me. I hate talking shit about this movie. I mean, but it's not necessarily him, but the movie itself is, is crappy. But yeah, he was awesome. He was very cool to me. Are you sorry you're doing this show now? No, not at all. I, I, mean, I, I, don't. I have him on the phone. <laughs> uh, Mr. Murphy, thank you for calling. I think you're great. Victor does not go. <laughs> uh, I uh, No, I, I'm not sad I'm doing this at all. I mean, just being honest about I mean, everybody knows this movie sucks. I mean, I, I guarantee you Eddie Murphy knows which movies he's done that are that work and don't. I'm sure he knows because he's a, a smart guy. Eddie Murphy had an interview with Barbara Walters and made a joke about this movie, Pluto Nash. He said, all three people who saw this movie loved it. Not true at all. Not true at all. <laughs> he was exaggerating on that number. But I do remember... That's a, a very inflated number. This is my theory. I was telling Victor, and Victor, you have your opinions. Any movie with the words, The Adventures of... It's going to be a terrible movie. Buckaroo Banzai. Come on. Wasn't that Adventures of? Yes. Is that terrible? I know you guys liked it. I haven't seen it in years. I'm, it might, I might, you know... But there's no great movie. There's no Oscar-nominated film that's The Adventures of. What other movie has The Adventures of in it? Oh, there's tons. Like what? Adventures of... Uh, none of the Indiana Jones movies have The Adventures of. Yeah, there's no Indiana Jones film. I know, but of. what has The Adventures yeah, of um, at the uh, beginning of it? The Adventures of... Um, <laughs> it's not the adventures the, of, of these Boot. tons of movies. Oh, listen, yeah, of these tons I'll take of my movies. Phone out. Please take your phone out. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I defended myself. No, no, no. And I like misadventures of. I just, I defended by saying adventures and babysitting, but that's not adventures of. No, it's adventures, adventures in, but it's a good movie though. Right, it's a good adventures movie. and babysitting is yeah, definitely so a good movie. I think what movie. you're saying is right, Adam. In that this is the only movie with the adventures of in the title. Remo Williams, the Remo Williams, the adventure begins. That was great. Great movie. Alright, I'll change it to this. Any movie with the words Pluto Nash <laughs> is going to be bad in the title. Uh, if anyone's home listening and you're well, listening... In the future, you name people up. Pluto because it's future so you name them after planets? Uh, uh, you know, listen, his mother... His mother's Pam Greer, and she had a love affair with Peter Boyle, which I never... Uh, it was kind of out there. Yes, but it is out there. He's yeah. like, Peter Boyle, you were going to marry my mom, but you didn't. I.E. knocked her up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Peter Boyle got it on. Another thing I just thought was dumb about the film was um, th- kind of the mystery of it. It was just a stupid movie. I just felt like it was written for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, why are, we, why are we being cagey about what the big surprise is? There's this unseen, terrible <laughs> bad guy who is blowing up the clubs and trying to take over the moon. Right. And, Mr. and we know, and, and Eddie Murphy can't figure out who he is, and nobody's ever seen him, and also... There's this whole subplot, which become, which is really the plot of looking into this cloning operation, right? <laughs> and yeah. you learn that like 
15 minutes into the movie. Exactly. And it's a clone of Eddie Murphy at the end of the movie. Who Whoa. does not play a different character? Not well, that's the, the point. It's got to be the same guy. Eddie Eddie Murphy Murphy it's like Eddie Murphy guy. and Eddie Murphy? And Eddie Murphy? But can I point out that, again, technology-wise, this is a fight between Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy that happens in this movie. And it looked pretty good. Yes. Done way before it had been done in other movies extensively. It's kind of amazing that they wasted all of this stuff on the adventures of Pluto Nash. Well, they, they learned. They learned. They had so much money to play with it. They learned their craft for the next film or the next <laughs> five films on this movie. Right. There would yeah. be no Hollywood anymore if it weren't for Pluto Nash. I would say every movie owes its its debt to, to it. Well, <laughs> and Victor, don't beat me up when I say this, but it's kind of like the same thing with Tron. What are you saying I'm about saying Tron? Tr- you better Tron. don't even go. Don't go down this road. That you are not going to survive, man. Because Tron is oh. awesome. No, no, no. You didn't realize. You're talking about a man who's had Tron toys inside him. In your butt. That's right. Yeah, I will stick a Tron toy in my butt. I've done it. So what? <laughs> so <laughs> what? You saw that picture? I, I, Can we put it on the website? Did you not enjoy that picture? <laughs> I loved it. It was a great picture. <laughs> We're going to put it up on the website if you want to no, see. No, <laughs> I'm going to put my butt up on the website for everybody to see. Uh, the Avengers of it didn't show up, but um, they, they won't yeah, see. But I'll just see light cycle. But let me just say. Yeah. You you misunderstood what I was what I was gonna say. I'm sure I did. Tron yes. looks amazing and it broke ground in terms of the way it looked and, and other movies say there would not be this film without Tron. What I'm saying is Tron's a shitty movie. No, I didn't I didn't <laughs> misunderstand what you're trying to say. <laughs> Tron is not a shit Tron is an awesome movie. Tron is oh. an awesome movie. Here's the thing about Tron. Tron is um the p- point the part of the point of Tron is to be visually spectacular. That's what the movie's about. It's uh, it, it, visually it's, spectacular. It's, yeah, they could put a baby to sleep in two seconds. It's but, oh it's, my god! It, it was made it, like in the eighties, dude. Poorly it's, said because babies sleep a lot. It's a visually, it's, well, it's an amazing saying. movie. You could put it a was, grown baby, like an eighteen-year-old baby. <laughs> this is how visually spectacular Tron is. Let me yeah. tell you. And the, yeah. the year that Tron came out. It was disqualified from the special effects categories at the Oscars because the Oscar committee said that they cheated by using computers. Oh, wow. wow. So, I mean, it <laughs> blew their minds, and they were like, well, you cheated. That's how much it blew their minds. So for everybody out there who's wondering, if you're, if you're wondering how bad Pluto Nash is, a guy <laughs> who likes Tron hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Tron was thrilling to this guy. This guy, there Tron was plot twists in Tron that he didn't great. even see. Oh, my God. Tron was awesome. You didn't see Tron. I saw Tron when I was a little kid in the theaters, and it was crazy, because you'd never seen anything like that I before. I played the arcade game it a lot. Oh, the oh arcade my game was excellent. By Great way. arcade games. Here's the thing. You said that they... they they couldn't get nominated for an Oscar because so they cheated because they used a computer. For no, graphics. no, the, yeah, the the yeah, the Oscar committee said that they cheated. It was the first movie to really use computers for graph for visual effects. The Oscar committee said that they cheated. So some other movie, obviously, they didn't use some some practical effects movie one instead. Mm-hmm. But can I just say what, another thing people use computers for is writing interesting dialogue and interesting plot twists. I'm just saying there's other uses besides graphics for a computer, like writing a good script. Are you trying to talk shit about Tron? Because <laughs> yeah, yes. you don't know enough about Tron to talk shit I've about Tron. Uh, Tron's that movie you go see. You go, oh my god, I got to see Tron. I love Tron as a kid. You go, and you're like, oh, this is really bad. Is You've seen it how many times? Three. Really? In the theater. Twice. Why would you see a bad movie three times? Because well, I keep oh. thinking. Well, I saw it in the 80s. And then I saw it about five years or eight years ago. They had it in the theater. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. I got to see Tron. And you saw it again. And, and then you, you saw like, it again after that. And then I was like, well, I'll give one more chance. Who's uh-huh. seen the Tron remake? Reboot. Tron. 
Oh, okay. well, I can't wait! I can't great. wait for that. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be awesome. You are such Look a at you! Sucker. You're just such an idiot. Spiegelman is like the biggest sucker in the world. In my lifetime, I'll spend like a hundred dollars on something I hate. <laughs> I love Tron. Tron's like one of the best movies, dude. I can't wait for the sequel. Oh, I really not like the first movie at all. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the Avengers. My phone finally worked. The Avengers of Pluto Nash, 2002. The Avengers of OC Nash. I never heard of that. Avengers of Mary Kate and Ashley. All right. Well, I bet I bet that was a big hit for who the audience was meant for. Yes. I'm sure. The, the Avengers of Shelley and Margot. The Misadventures of Fiona Plum. Star Wars: New Hope. I don't know why that came up. Part two. Oh my god! Any of these are bad. Pluto Nash may be the biggest advent, the adventures of movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. there's eight <laughs> and Mary Kate Nashley movies that start with the Avengers of. And Welcome to Sherwood Forest. I don't know what that is. Write in if you do think there's a good movie with the Avengers of starting it, Misadventures, and also any movie with Meet the, uh, the Meet the Fockers. I don't. I liked Meet the Parents. I like that. Parents. I like. I thought Meet the Parents was fun. What was it like being on the set? Any other stories about? people were working with a lot of excess did you guys have anything you wanted it was incredible excess it was actually the first time that it was the it was the first time i was on a movie that big i mean i well i mean i was on uh, as in uh, end of days but I, I only worked in end of days for like a week and a half and this this movie i was on for months and it was the first time i was on a on a set and one of the people that was on the set the most like i was one of the actors like that was on i was like i think fourth or fifth as in like who was on the set all the time even though i wasn't fourth or fifth named in the cast but Here's here's how crazy it was, like how much overkill. I was on the set, I saw a gumball machine, and I was sitting at the gumball machine as part of the set, and I was playing with the gumball machine trying to get the gumballs out, and I couldn't get the gumballs out, and one of the PAs saw me doing that, and then I walked away from the gumball machine, I was walking toward base camp, and when I got to base camp, a PA showed up with a gumball... <laughs> <laughs> and wow. apparently they were on the walkie-talkies and they were like, Kelp wants a gumball. This is my character's name. Kelp wants a gumball. He's trying to get a gumball out of the gumball machine. I had no idea any of it was happening. And I got a gumball. I casually one day mentioned that I love Pop-Tarts and the next day they had Pop-Tarts for bref- breakfast for me. I mean, it's great. Wow. <laughs> I had so the best time. <laughs> I know. It was yeah. the best time on the set. And at night you were doing improv over at Jimbo's. Yes. Doing Jimbo's, making it happen. And you, you had a studio apartment in New York with seven people, and now you're living the life of luxury in, in Canada. Yeah, it was great. Way. I was in James Bond's apartment. Did you see that apartment I was in? I never saw that apartment. Oh, it was crazy. It was like two. Well, I was there for like a, a week, and it was just a week of doing shows and heavy drinking. Right? Oh, that's so. right. Yeah, it was a two-story apartment, two levels, split-level apartment, overlooking the water. I had a, a patio, a breakfast patio, a. a Huge, long, like amazingly long leather couch. You can't—it's so big you can't tell how they got in the building. It was a crazy apartment that they set me up in, and I was living there for five or six months. No, five or six months. Were there any romances, uh, onset romances? You were there for a long time. There were too many. I was—I kind of went a little crazy in, uh, <laughs> in Montreal. I was a funny comedian uh, from America on a movie in James Bond's apartment. Uh, I got laid a lot, a whole lot, and two. To point where I was, I was talking to one woman who was there, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm just out seeing if I can find a girl for a girl to hang out with." And she goes, "Haven't you had enough?" That's what she said because she she's a friend of mine's wife, and uh, she was just mad. 
By the time I got there, it was like uncomfortable in Jimbo's. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you know, Victor's such a nice guy that, like, not many of these women were mad at him. But it was just really clear that, like, most of the people in the room, oh. possibly some of the men, had already said it was Victor. It's like Jimbo no, himself. No, nobody. Like, Jimbo I, was like, Victor, call me. I, <laughs> I had slept with two of the waitresses at Jimbo. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Vic, uh, Victor's penis coughed by the, when he got home. <laughs> so, thank you very much for talking about the film. No problem. Inside Adam Felber, thank you for coming on. I will be on any time you want to talk about Pluto Nash. Oh, all the time. <laughs> very, very fun. Adam, would you recommend Pluto Nash to people to see it as a fun, bad movie? I'm going to give that a yes. It's a qualified yes because it's not what you're expecting from a bad Eddie Murphy movie, but there's so much to love about how bad this movie is, yes. Victor, how about you? Would you recommend people see this film? Absolutely, yes. It's so dense with craziness. It's Uh so dense. It's very, very dense. If you sit back and watch the movie... If you watch it twice, you'll see new stuff. It's very, it's very dense with a ridiculousness. It's, it's a visual treat. It looks yes. really great. And if you call Victor at home while you're watching it, and you put the volume on your TV a little high, he will give you a running commentary. I will do that. Yes. definitely do that. Who does the commentary in a DVD? I don't know. I don't know if they do. I've never. I don't even think there is commentary. <laughs> I say call Victor. They, there's no commentary. Eddie Murphy did not do any promotion for it. He wouldn't mm-hmm. like go on shows for it. Like I don't think. I think it's a. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a bastard. Son, I think he got out of it. Her daughter. Uh, I, yes, I recommend seeing the movie. It does look great and it's a lot of fun. Thank you, Adam Felber. You can hear him on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And By the way, people flip out when they know Adam is on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's I true. didn't know, when I first heard about you doing it long ago, I didn't know how big of <laughs> what a big deal it was. Well, that's because it was not a big deal. We had like not we had as many listeners as, as Pluto Nash had viewers. <laughs> those huge. three people loved Right, wait, yeah. wait, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, huge. And people hear that because uh, they'll they'll say like, "Oh, I love the NPR. I listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me." I was like, "Oh, I have a friend who's on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me," and they're like, "Who?" And I'm like, "Adam Feldman." And then they just lose their minds. <laughs> people it's, lose their and, minds. And Victor, you're like Adam Felber. <laughs> F F E. Perhaps you did not hear me correctly. It's a very relaxing kind of fame <laughs> that nobody knows who I am. <laughs> they love it. And Victor, thank you very much. You can find how can people find more information about you? They can go to VictorVarnado.com or bestalbino.com. That's great. And I am Boom. a very different Boom. site, so check them oh, out. Oh, and go uh, download the Awkward Comedy Show on iTunes and Amazon. Please make that happen, everybody. Victor oh, uh, directed terrific. a very funny uh, stand-up special with five. Yes. I call it a film. Uh, yeah, it's a a film. definitely it a, film. a film. It's definitely a film with uh, four very funny comedians, five comedians total. Are you in it, Adam? No, no, no. It's a really great film. Actually, we're really proud of you, and you did a great job. Check that film out. Awkward, the awkward comedy. The show. awkward comedy show. Thank you. Can you can get it on iTunes. And uh, thank you very much, Proudly Resents. Adam Spiegelman. Oh, let me put in a plug. Adam Spiegelman does a podcast called Proudly Resents. Check that out. It's Uh. called Proudly Resents. Not Presents, but Resents. Mm -hmm. And you can check that out on ProudlyResents.com. And you can write me at ReachAdam.com, ReachAdam at Mac.com. And Twitter is at ReachAdam. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.